welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Hello, hello, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. Let's get right into it. Safety, safety, safety. Look, today's topic is probably going to hit some of you because I I was sparked for today by this whole notion that there are people excited and people upset. And we have those two polarizing emotional responses to this whole idea that somebody is sending out personal information about exactly where to find somebody else. And in this case, it was the, you know, the Twitter Elon Musk stuff. And I saw it anecdotally where my mind went was, that's nuts. I don't, I don't need somebody to know exactly where I am every moment of the day. Uh, the only person or people that I'm even remotely interested in knowing exactly where I am at every moment of the day is probably my wife and my kids in case they need me. Outside of that, nobody should care so much about where I am at any given moment. That's my perspective. Now, yes, we do have to take into consideration that he is famous. Everybody knows who he is pretty much. That he, you know, he's somebody that people want to hear, that he puts himself out there so that he can be heard. Well, so do I on a podcast. Does that mean I want people tracking my location? Absolutely not. And can somebody do that? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I don't have as much to fear as somebody like him who you put that information out there. And some crazy kook might just come along. I know a therapist saying crazy kook, probably not the best choice of words, but let's be real. There are people in this world who are so mentally unfit that they will attack or try to kill him, maybe even succeed. And unfortunately, that's where it is. You know, we don't need that happening. That is a bad idea. So what I think began to think my my little rabbit hole was when free speech meets safety which is the whole premise behind everything that's been going on in terms of twitter even long before elon took it when free speech meets this concept of safety what do we do and i went into my little therapy mind and i did some research and i i'm, I'm like what in the world? What's, what's the connector here? What is that thing that creates safety that also allows for free speech? And it gets really complicated really fast. So I'm going to attempt to break this down a little bit. Uh, I'm probably oversimplifying some uh, in, in order to just create the initial conversation. 
So if you think this is overly simplified, I totally understand. Do me a favor, uh, you know, send me an email or, or get an information to me so that I know what you think I overly simplified. And then I will break those things down. To safety, let's talk about the realms of safety. That's going to be our starting spot. Physical safety. We all know that without physical safety, uh, the the person a, a, like me or you, we're just less likely to function at a high level. You know, if we're at constant threat of being uh, tortured or beaten or um, hurt physically uh, in a way that we don't choose. So like some athletes, football players, soccer players, I mean, there's certain levels of, uh, obviously they're trying to take care of themselves, but there's a certain amount of danger inherent in that, that they're, that they're choosing. If we lose the ability to choose our level of physical safety, we are immediately going to have problems. So we break it down to physical safety. Who's responsible for your physical safety? Well, mostly that's you until something or someone comes along and acts on you in a manner that is more forceful than you can prevent. For instance, physical safety becomes a problem the moment you lose control of a car. Why? A lot of weight in the car, you are one little body, and you are at the mercy of the momentum that has already been in motion. That's an issue. In those moments, what do we do? We, well, honestly, it's a trauma. For almost everybody, it becomes an immediate trauma to lose that much control of our physical safety immediately and not be able to do anything to get it back. Right? That that could be, you know, being um, harassed physically, you know, people at work throwing things at you, I know that's kind of weird, but you know, I, I was, my brain was thinking about like the whole rubber band game. Um, you know, for some people that, that does impede into their physical safety. Uh, and so we, we got to consider those things. So we've got physical safety. We got emotional safety. Our emotional safety is a lot more complicated because you have your emotions. I have mine. They can be very different. We could be having the same exact experience in terms of our environment. And your emotions can be different than my emotions. You may uh, you know, laugh and I may cry or vice versa. Or maybe I'll sit there stoically and you're going to cry. Right? We can have different emotional responses to the same exact stimulant. And that creates some major challenges. Because it looks like you don't understand, you're disrespectful, you're unkind, and all of that stuff. But in reality, I'm just having a different emotional response. And emotions are unique to people. So who's responsible for emotional safety? Well, again, we both are to a degree. Mostly the emotional responsibility falls on the individual who has an emotion. But their environment also impacts their ability to have certain types of emotions. So most of it falls on the individual, but some of it falls on you and me to make sure we're paying attention and being thoughtful and respectful. 
But how do we do that when they're having an emotional response that's different than we expect? All right, hang on to that because I'm going to be coming back to that kind of stuff. The third realm, relational. You are going to have some really deep relationships. People that you can talk to about hard topics. You are also going to have some superficial relationships. People that you know in passing and you either like or don't like. It doesn't really matter, but they're, they're relationships. Right? There's different levels of relationship. Now, people that you connect with in a deeper way. Those people, believe it or not, can hurt you far more than the people you don't connect with in a deeper way. The unfortunate reality of that, as we look at relational safety, is people in, say, like social media, like Twitter, or other social media sites, they feel like they have some kind of relationship with people of like mind. But the reality is, they don't know them. That creates this whole new dilemma of hundreds, thousands, in some case, millions of superficial relationships. And at any given time, if you attribute more to a relationship than there actually is, you are putting yourself in relational safety issues. You're putting yourself there and you're being put there. Spiritual. We are seeing more and more attacks on religion of all sorts, right? The anti-Semitism, you were hearing all about that. And simultaneously, who is being attacked in the United States? Christians. Christians are being attacked. And yet there's this whole movement of anti-Semitism. Now, hang in there with me. I'm not getting on one of those bandwagons. I simply want to notate to you that spiritual safety is a big deal. If you're Jewish, you should be safe. If you're Christian, you should be safe. If you're Muslim, you should be safe. And all this religion attacking religion thing that's going on, well, one, it's really anti-belief systems, Like these systems of belief, when you look at them and when you understand them, the the first motion being to violence goes against nearly every religion in the world. And yet it happens. So why would spiritual safety be a big deal? Because oftentimes the spiritual safety is what's most being attacked. Um, let's go on. Uh, I just wanted to put those four realms into your mind. I want to go on and explain the gap between your opinion and my opinion. There's this gap. You can have an opinion. I can have an opinion. What's in between? Right now, what we are seeing more and more and more is this breakdown where it's an opinion, an opinion, and there is no gap in between in terms of time, but there is no etiquette at all 
bridging them. What I want to talk about for the next couple of minutes is the problem. Etiquette has disappeared. Now, social etiquette has been in every culture since the beginning of humans' recorded history. Social etiquette has been in play. Why does it matter? Why does social etiquette matter? Because it's a framework at which we can coexist without any etiquette at all. Our coexisting is random. That sucks. Random? You don't want random. I don't want random. I assure you, if you look into this at all, you do not want random. Having some social construct is critical in terms of communicating anything effectively. And you've heard me talk about this before. Without effective communication, you have no trust. Without truth, you have no trust. Without trust, you don't have relationships. Etiquette helps to build trust. Hey, this is a person who at least has the fundamentals, right? They can at least eat, sleep, exercise, right? We need those fundamentals, those basics, and they are called etiquette. And as I was thinking about etiquette, following me down this rabbit hole, there's only one solution. We have to reestablish etiquette. How do we do that in a world where, truthfully, we don't want to in many situations? I'm not, I'm not talking about you specifically or me specifically, although it could be you and me. We don't want to bridge the gap. We think of them as the enemy. Well, they're the enemy because they believe different than me. They're not the enemy. They never were the enemy. The enemy is the belief, not the person. When we view the person as an enemy, we take it to a whole new level. So we got to reestablish some etiquette. How do we do that? I'm going to give you some basic principles that have been etiquette. They've been part of our social etiquette for a long, long time. And I am watching them disappear. They're being destroyed. At the very top of the list, love and respect. You don't have to agree with somebody to love and respect them. But respect is earned. I totally agree that respect is earned over time. But love is not. Love is a choice you get to make. And love and respect, when you put them together, create etiquette. If I don't love them, I got no chance. If I love them, but I don't respect them, I have a chance, right? Think about it. You can say please and thank you to somebody you don't like. And that shows a foundation of respect. It doesn't mean you're my best friend. We're going to go hang out, be all chummy chummy. No, not at all. But it does mean I see you and your humanness. And for that, I'm just going to offer you the most fundamental part, respect. Number two, selflessness. 
etiquette is all about self. I mean, do you really want to have to say please and thank you? Do you really want to chew with your mouth closed? Do you really want to, you know, hold in your gas when you're in a meeting? You know, some, some people don't, don't want to do those things. But etiquette says selflessness is important if you're going to be involved in a social construct. So you do it even if you don't want to. Why? Because it's etiquette. Okay, the third one. Accountability. This one has nearly disappeared from our political arenas. Culturally, it still exists. I see it routinely, primarily in people who want growth. So I actually get to see it. I'm guessing more than most, because as a therapist, I get people who come to me and really what they want to do is grow. So we start by taking some accountability. Okay, what do you want to grow and why is it dysfunctional right now? Let's take a look. We explore it. And as we go, the accountability helps to spark the opportunity. If we took away the accountability, which by the way, accountability is an etiquette thing, right? It's a, a truth telling. That's an etiquette thing. We do that not because it feels good. We do it because it's the right thing to do in a social arena. Historically, if you lied enough, you would have been banished. You'd have been sent to the mountains or to the lava fields. <laughs> I don't know. You'd be, you'd be sent somewhere. But it would be somewhere other than here. In other words, we'd be making it really clear. Etiquette, basic etiquette matters. If you're not going to take accountability for reality, whether you like reality or not, I don't give a crud. Doesn't even matter. If you don't take accountability for reality, your part in reality, then Social constructs should suggest that you will be an outsider. Now, who wants to be an outsider? Nobody wants to be an outsider. So you meet some social constructs and you do that by taking accountability. It's okay to be different, but being an outsider is problematic. The final one, it's a lumped category, truth and gentleness. And I lump them together because truth and gentleness are foundational etiquette principles that without one another. So if you tell the truth, but you don't do it with gentleness, it's disrespectful. It may be the truth. You may be able to stand on your high horse and be like, ah, I was right. So it doesn't even matter that I said it in a way that was hurtful, mean, and cruel. No, you need to be right and gentle, truth and gentle. If you have gentleness, but you don't have truth, what a waste. Like, that's just a waste. So this whole podcast is really about etiquette. Yes, it's about safety. But remember, in order to create safety, we're bridging the gap between physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual safety for one person and the physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual safety of another person. And between them has to be etiquette. 
It is the bridge that allows us to be similar and unique, have some commonality and some uniqueness. We've got to have both. If we don't, we can't bridge the gap. And etiquette helps us do that. So we want to increase safety. Well, increasing safety is all about having social norms, not dismissing them, which right now, culturally, we're trying to pretend we can dismiss all social norms. We can get rid of all social norms that, that have existed for a very long time. Well, I tell you what, we must have some standards of social construct or the reality is nobody is safe. We must have some standard social constructs. It's not, it's not, it would be nice to have them. If they disappear, then nobody will be safe because there is not a bridge. We are living literally billions of people on our own little islands. And the loneliness will absolutely destroy us because you want safety issues, physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual. Yeah, try living on an island with nobody. All of those come into play. They're all going to be tested. So let's not do that. Let's get to the conversation that matters. Let's create some bridges and we'll call those bridges etiquette. We'll find some social norms that are healthy and appropriate. I don't know, something like please and thank you. You're welcome. Stuff like that. Some basic stuff. And then let's have these hard conversations. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives.com with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives. Make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 